You're listening to Huddle Radio. Push play with Huddle. Welcome to another edition of Huddle Radio. I'm Dan Hoppen, and today I'm chatting with Steve Specht, the head coach of St. Xavier High School in Cincinnati, Ohio. The Bombers suffered multiple injuries to high-profile players and endured a three-game losing streak just before the playoffs began. They managed just a 5-5 record in the regular season. But there's a reason why Specht is a former National Coach of the Year and a three-time state champion. He was able to rally St. Xavier and propel them to a double overtime victory in the championship game, making the Rockets the first team in Ohio history to win state with five losses. Here's how he kept his team on track amidst a sea of adversity. You actually had a, uh, a three-game losing streak um, before the playoffs started. I know you had one win in between there, but a three-game losing streak. How were you able to – or how did you handle that losing streak with the guys, and uh, how were you able to get them to refocus so they could come back and obviously you know, perform very well, win the state title? Schedule was arguably the toughest schedule in the country, so our guys were battle tested and they survived. 
go through a losing skid. Stay in the course, focusing on what it is you need to do the best you can to be the best you you can be. If we all focus on that, we're going to be fine. Um, and I guess I guess that was probably how we were able to weather that storm was by being committed to the to the blueprint, so to speak. Yeah, uh, no need to apologize for long-winded answers, by the way. That was a great answer. Um, but just specifically, I mean, you know, all that stuff that you just said, yeah, that, that sounds great. And it sounds like, you know, something um, that I think a lot of coaches would would say. You know, it's all just about, you know, keeping your nose to the grindstone and sticking to the plan and everything. But that's really tough to do, especially when you're dealing with a bunch of 16, 17, 18-year-old kids who, you know, have just lost three games in a row. Like you said, you dealt with a ton of injuries this season, so there's already a lot of adversity stacked on top of them. Specifically, after that first St. Ignatius loss back on October 22nd, what do you say in the locker room after that game and uh, in, in the week going forward into that St. Xavier game that, that keeps those guys from, you know, from, uh, from losing hope? Well, in our situation, the state of Ohio, the playoff system is based on accumulating points. Um, and everybody's always, you know, a lot of teams will schedule to try to, you know, you get first-level points for wins and second-level points for how many teams you beat, how many wins they have. And it's, it's such a screwy system, I, I can't figure it out. <laughs> so I just told the kids, look, from week one, we played arguably the best team in the country in St. John Bosco week one, and we got beat up pretty good on national TV. So we've been in the playoffs since day one. So you have played a playoff-caliber team every single week. You're battle-tested, and it comes down to one game. So we have one opportunity to celebrate this team, to celebrate one another, to celebrate the community. This Friday night at home, it's senior night. You know, you always point to the positives. I never talk about a loss. I always talk about what are the positives that we can focus on. And there were some, gr- there were some great positives. Now, biggest one being seniors. This is your last home game. You're never going to play at St. Xavier High School again. Um, God willing, we, you know, we, if we play to the best of our ability, we win this football game, we're going to have a second life. And that was the focus all week long, celebrate one another, uh, celebrate uh, the senior class that has given four years to us. And, and that was a focus every week. Um, you know, we talked after the, you know, we talked about clearing the mechanism. We talked about it after we lost to St. John Bosco. We had a team meeting in the locker room. I said, guys, you, this point forward, we clear the mechanism. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to worry about you know, what your grade in biology is, or the issues you're having with your girlfriend, or any problems. When we set foot on this field for two hours, we clear the mechanism, and we we have fun. We focus on football. We have fun. Focus on your your teammates. This and that. And that was really the message going into week ten. Um, and and we went. We played a great game against Louisville St. X. Jumped into the playoffs as a five seed and. And the rest is history. At what point did you really see the kids buy into that message? Was it immediately, or did they have to see a little bit of success, and then it's almost like the snowball, you know, rolling down the hill, where it just keeps kind of building on itself? Well, that's a, that's another great question. I think what we saw. I mean, Dan, to put it in perspective, I lost twelve feet ten inches, six hundred and six hundred twenty pounds before the season even began from the left side of my offensive line. I've got a left 
before the season began, and you know how young guys, even adults, when bad things happen, it's easy to point fingers. Absolutely. It's easy to jump off the ship. That that was, and so we, I, I addressed it with the team. I said, hey, uh, I feel horrible for for Matthew. I feel horrible for Dom, and and um, I mean we had so many injuries. It was, I feel bad for those kids, but guys, it's not tragic. It's heartbreaking. So there's a lot of tragedy in the world. So let's let's focus on what you can do. And we started moving guys around, and and then we got our tails kicked on national television against St. John Bosco. Ended up ranked number two in the country. <laughs> Even then, I had to say, guys, you just play, you're not going to play anybody better than them. Mm-hmm. We, we you know, keep that focus, but even then you're worried about losing them. And and I just we just kept our nose to you know, follow the blueprint, keep to the course, stay the course, keep working hard. And the following week we played one of our uh, city rivals, Coleraine High School, who was ranked sixth in the country. Mm-hmm. And we had them at home, and we should have beat them in regulation. We lost to them in overtime. We ended up beating them in the playoffs when we played them the second time, but we lost them in overtime. But but after that game, I, I, I saw, you could see in the kids' eyes, you know, we just took the six the sixth-ranked team in the country to, to overtime, and we actually should have beaten them. I saw the, the, that resolve in the kids. I I knew when they when – they, I knew they could do it. Our staff knew they could do it. Did they know they could do it with all the adversity? But you saw it in their eyes. They knew. And we had another team meeting afterwards in the locker room about keeping the faith, staying the course again. It's the same mantra over and over. That was when we saw, when I saw that these kids believed. And we went on a, shoot, we went on a, a three-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. I think at that point in time, and at one point we were three and two, um, or maybe it was a four-game winning streak. We were, or, yeah, no, it was a, it was, it was a four. We were, we were four and two. And then we lost three in a row, and it was like you build on this, and then all of a sudden the kids are saying, "Hey, remember, remember back after St. John Bosco, remember after Colerain, what did we ride at the ship? It's no different here. We lose on a pick six to the LaSalle, we lose on a hail mary to Warren Central, you know, we lose to arguably the best team in the country, in the state of Ohio. But the kids knew they had been there. They weathered those storms. Keep the nose to the grindstone. So, um, so, so those were the positives." that our kids were taken away and that's kind of after that cold rain game is when we knew we knew we could do some special things as long as we kept plugging so it sounds like if i'm not mistaken you really tried to hammer home the positives and just say guys you know i know that this looks bad on the surface but but we have a lot of potential we've had some tough stuff that's happened to us but you didn't really you know try and um get after them or anything like that you really just focus on the positives and try to keep their spirits up yeah you have to uh i mean in that situation take the saint john bosco games and we've undergone i mean i gave you the two but we had lord knows how many other injuries so we're going into bosco with a bunch of young kids that have never had a high school game experience and oh by the way my quarterback who's committed to penn state uh they sprains his foot badly. He's in a boot at halftime. I'm going with our young guys. I'm going with a junior that hasn't had any experience. So you can't scream and yell at those guys for making mistakes. you got to be positive and say, do your best. Mm-hmm. You're going to make physical mistakes. You, know, it's always, you have my permission to fail, but you also have my permission to dust yourself off, get back up, and battle the next play. And that was 
the positive of uh, positive thinking is is what we maintained all year long. Now we stayed on them hard. We got after them. You know, we we practiced hard and we coached them up hard. And there was some tough love along the way, but at, at no point in time did we ever lose sight of you know, guys. We do this for each other. You know, uh, we love one another. We be the best we can be, and we lean on one another when times get tough. That's the mantra over and over and over. Well, times have been tough. We still love one another. We still work hard to be the best we can be. And when times get tough again, we draw strength from it. It was over. It was a broken record. And I think the kids probably got tired of hearing me say over and over and over, but now they've lived it. Um, it's not lip service anymore. They see the positives that can come out of staying that course, and, and hopefully they're able to carry that on through life with them. I believe they will. So do you have to find different ways to say the same message? Because if you just keep saying the same thing after every after every game and, and things you know continue to be a struggle, you know, you – kind of run the risk of kids tuning you out do you have to find different ways each week to to have the same message but to have different verbiage so uh the kids are getting maybe a different takeaway oh absolutely you mask it in different ways i think that's the one of the beauties of beautiful things about coaching is the psychological games that you play that you have to manipulate your message. Uh, but the bigger issue is do the kids own it? Do the kids believe it? Do they own it? Because what started happening, Dan, is I didn't have to send the message. You would hear the kids saying it. We've been through this before. Hey, keep your head up. Keep plugging. We've been through this before. Own it. You know, the kids were sending, the upperclassmen were sending the message. They were talking to the team. It was no longer me sending that message. It was a guy sending a message, especially during the playoff run. Mm -hmm. uh, during the playoff run, I mean, my God, we were in three of our games went to overtime in the playoffs. And our kids were like, hey, if you hear seniors saying, we've been here. So nobody's better at this than us. And it was, it was just refreshing as a coach. It was just a beautiful thing to watch as, as young people listen, they absorb, and then they start teaching the young guys. That, that's, what, that's what you hope to see as a coach, that your message is no longer coming from you. It's coming from them because they have owned it and they've embraced it. Mm -hmm. So if I had to ask you, like, what, how do you think you grew as a coach this year? What was your number one coaching takeaway from this season? What would you say that is?
I'm going to be able to pe- preach this year to kids. Um, it's just it was so different in how it played itself out. Um, I've learned more as a coach from these kids. I've taken more away. You know, we get in this this profession to impact kids. This year's group impacted me more than I have ever been able to impact any of them. I guarantee you that. Uh, and it was refreshing. It really was refreshing because you read about all the ugly, ugly aspects of, of football and the game and concussions and all the craziness. Well, this is a story. I'll write a book about this because these kids were different. Uh, that's My biggest takeaway was how much these kids gave to me and how much I learned from them. We really appreciate Coach Speck giving us some time today. St. Xavier's ability to rebound is truly unique, and we hope the Rockets' success can encourage you if your team finds itself in a skid. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Huddle Radio. Check out the Huddle blog for more on St. Xavier and other content, and feel free to share any cool stories you have with us. Be sure to check in next time for even more insights and stories from coaches all over the country.